Hello, my dear listeners. Are you looking for a new podcast that focuses on independent retail and how retailers can grow and evolve their businesses? Then let me introduce you to Rooted in Retail by Crystal Vilkaitis. Every week, Crystal interviews experts from in and around the retail landscape to provide you with information on how to grow your business in an ever-changing retail landscape. They discuss money, mindset, marketing, merchandising, strategy, leadership, and so many other things. Crystal is a titan of this industry and brings on fantastic guests who impart so much wisdom. I guarantee you will be inspired in new ways and begin to think about your business differently. And if you listen to a couple episodes and think, hmm, I really like this. I wish there were other ways for me to learn from some of these guests. Well, guess what? You can now register for Crystal's Evolve Marketing and Social Media Conference in Denver for this April. It's three days of fantastic speakers and amazing education for retailers like you. You can register for the conference using the link in our show notes. I hope to see you there. Now on to our show. Hello and welcome to Main Street Matters by Heart on Main Street, the trendiest podcast of 2024. Okay, sorry, that was really bad. Uh, I am your host, Patrick Kaiser. In today's episode, we are talking about trends. I recently conducted a webinar with Erica Kirkland of GiftBeat, where we talked about 2024 trends, trending products, trending vendors, trending categories. There's so much incredible information in this conversation. GiftBeat is a data-driven publication that pulls retailers from all across the US about what they're buying more of, what they're buying less of, what's selling well at the retail level, what's still sitting on their shelves. There's so much great information in this conversation. My guest, Erica, is an award-winning publisher and editor passionately dedicated to serving independent lifestyle retailers across North America through her two self-owned titles, In-Store Magazine and GiftBeat. She has been the head of the publication GiftBeat since 2018 and the head of In-Store Magazine since 2014. She really has her pulse on retail and is one of the most respected publishers in the independent retail community. I was so excited to have her on and she is becoming a huge advocate for Hard on Main Street as well, so I am clearly a big fan of hers. This episode is a recording of a webinar that we conducted, so if you would like a visual aspect, you can find that recording on our website, heartonmainstreet.org. But this was just a conversation, not a presentation, so really you aren't missing anything by listening. Without further ado, I present my conversation with Erica Kirkland of GiftBeat. Enjoy. My guest today is the fabulous Erica Kirkland of GiftBeat. Welcome, Erica. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. If you don't know GiftBeat, Erica's publication is a monthly report of top-selling brands and items over 50 different categories. Over the last 30 years, GiftBeat has been empowering independent retailers and independent retail owners with accurate, honest data to help small businesses thrive within this market. So uh, again, I am very excited to have Erica on here today. 
we're going to be talking about trends in 2024. This is a topic that I absolutely love. I am always fascinated every time that I go to markets to see what people are buying, what retailers are diving into. So I am really excited to be talking about this topic. First, before we dive in, I wanted to spend a couple minutes to talk about GiftBeat and Erica, how and where you accumulate the data. Because there are some publications that, you know, maybe if you slip them some money, all of a sudden you have a trending product. Um, but that is not GiftBeat. Yes, absolutely. That is that is not you all. That is not what GiftBeat does. Yeah. So can you talk to us a little bit about how GiftBeat gets its data and where you compile that from? So I'm going to throw it back to the founder of Giftbeat, who's Joyce, Joyce Washnick, who came up with this fantastic idea. So she had been covering the gift industry for traditional trade magazines and been receiving press releases from companies and just regurgitating them, not knowing whether or not the items she was writing about were saleable. And she thought there's got to be a better way to give retailers actionable information. So she came up with this concept of having reporting stores across the country. So we have 300 reporting stores across the country. They've obviously changed over the years since 1993. We make sure that they cover at least 75% of the product categories that we cover. They're not affiliated with any vendors. We have multiple reporting stores that have multiple locations. So that spreads our, you know, it's even more than 300. So this is how it works. Every month we ask, so for the December, January issue, our double issue, the survey went out in November. We asked, I think we pulled on 16 categories for that issue. And we asked, based on your previous month's sales, mm -hmm. what are your top three selling vendors? And they can choose from a dropdown or they can add their own company. And the first company they list, so anybody's top selling vendor gets five points. If you're a second best selling vendor, you get uh, three or two, sorry, three, two. It's on the website. The third is one. So. <laughs> There is a statistically valid, you know, um, formulation. Now, the vendors love the top 10 list. So from that, I'm sorry, we're able to generate the top 10 best-selling vendors in 50 different categories across the year because we pull on certain categories at the right time of year, right? So we're pulling socks sort of in November and February to get a good, good judge on what's happening. Um, so I think that covers it, right? Yeah. And which, and we don't I, take any ads. We do not yep. take any ads. Um, we will never take any ads. When Joyce was looking to sell the publication, she she really shopped it around for a long time. And I had known Joyce coming to the Atlanta market since uh, 2000, had such mad respect for her and what she did and was so honored to be able to carry on the gift beat tradition. And I feel very fortunate that I am uh, the owner of such a prestigious title and I don't take that lightly. And I, I love that. I love that there's a, a scientific way of doing this, um, mm -hmm. that you're compiling this information over the hundreds of retailers across the country. And actually we are, we are adding about 20 new categories oh, wow. in 2024 and we're adjusting some sort of category. Like we, we track like mug, mugs and tumblers. Well, that doesn't make sense anymore. Mugs needs to be separate and then tumblers should be insulated drinkware, you know, so that we've never yeah. tracked collegiate and game day. So when I was in market in Atlanta, I brainstormed and spitballed with all kinds of vendors and retailers on, you know, what aren't we tracking and how should we track it and how should we cover it? 
But going back to the charts, I think, you know, hospital shops, florists, people sort of allied to the field really look at the top 10 as, okay, you know, this is a great entry point for me into the market. Like really savvy retailers, they're probably already carrying one or two items on the top 10 anyway, but they're really going to look at who is in the honorable mentions, who's starting at 10 and then nine and then moving up the charts. And that's really fun to watch when a new line um, hits and just resonates automatically because you can see them almost immediately on the charts, which is which is fun. Um, but I think retailers probably read gift feed and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the content no, not only on the product side, but on the operational side is directly from store owners. It's not experts. It's 300 retailers saying, this is how we're using Instagram yep. or this is how we're using e-newsletters or this is how we want reps to work with us. And it's just such... I love reading the comments every month. It's inspiring. Um, it's I have mad respect for what independent retailers do because they're wearing so many different hats. Absolutely. And I just don't know any other profession where where an entrepreneur is doing everything from hiring, marketing, buying, merchandising, advertising, um, vendor relations, counting, website development, social media. <laughs> it's like the list runs, right? So. And that's, that's why we're doing these things, these education things, because you cannot be an expert in all of those fields. You just, right. you just can't. And so and, any help that we can provide is, I mean, it's so valuable. And I think Hard on Main Street is the most fantastic organization. And it has been a long time coming. The fact that our industry finally has an organization that's 100% devoted to independent retailers, I think is great. And I think every single vendor in this market should be making a monthly donation too hard on Main Street. If Giphy <laughs> can afford to do it, then you all top selling vendors, that's a challenge to you. Everybody who makes the top 10 charts, you better be supporting this organization. Oh man, from your from your lips to, to <laughs> out, out into the ether. But yeah, thank you very much for that. Uh, that. But what are some of the 50 categories? And I know, don't please don't try and list them all off. That's a ridiculous amount. But right. um, what are some of the categories okay. that you all cover just so our retailers on here know, you know, if I kind of fit into that or I sell those sort of things, what it, it might apply oh, to me? They will sell everything. So we do like, in general, gift, we'll do everything from humor and whimsy to register area to, um, I think it's, I can't remember what those um spa related plush baby and children's gifts kitchen tabletop tea towels mugs and tumblers everything seasonal which is really important because we pull mm. on that based on december sales right so if you're planning buying in january it's really great to look at what sold well the previous december um so all seasonal easter and spring halloween um, we do candy and we do gourmet we do candy we do fashion accessories, we do apparel, we do t-shirts, we do socks. We do <laughs> <laughs> okay, you are naming all 50. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that was just off the top of my head too. <laughs> uh, so if you're a retailer out there and if you don't know about Giftbeat and you're like, oh, I sell some of those things that, that you just listed, Giftbeat, as Deborah Duffick just said, Giftbeat is the Bible of the industry. I love that comment. Thank you, Deborah. Um, but if you sell some of those things, you know, it's great data and great knowledge to understand what is selling really, really well. So understand that you survey um, you're in polling stores regarding categories. What categories are stores looking to buy more of? Really kind of what are what are stores okay. diving into? And well, I'm going to share some, too. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to share some information oh, with you all yeah. today that has not been shared yet. So Ooh, you're going to be right. like the person to hear this because we're going to be sharing it in the February edition. But we actually did pull our retailers on 
procurement trends. And we do this every year. So we ask in every single category that we pull, what do you plan to buy more of, the same of, less of, heading into 2024? So when it comes to what retailers are investing more money in in 2024, it's all about fashion. Mm. All about fashion. 36% are planning to buy more fashion accessories. 36% are planning to buy more jewelry. So these are categories we track, obviously. 34% are planning to buy more earrings. And 30% are planning to buy more purses and bags. And before everyone madly goes to write this down, I'm sending Patrick a PDF with all the data that I talk about and the charts as well. Now I've added notes because a bunch of stuff came to mind after (laughs) I created the PDF. Um, And I do want to skip back to that before I go on to what they're buying less of and just highlight a few fun lines that I found at market in those categories. But then on the flip side, it's really interesting. Um, Stores are really not buying home decor. So Mm. we're seeing 56% purchasing fewer pillows and cushions, um, 52% purchasing less home decor, 51% less wall decor. And then interestingly enough, 52% purchasing less insulated drinkware, which has become a real standard category. Yeah, so I'm reading that and I could ask our store owners to be more specific about that if I wanted to. But my read on that is maybe they're they're slimming down from like two or three lines to one line, or maybe they're not going as deep as they once were. I mean, there's so many options out there in terms of not only brands to carry but then the skews within the brands it's like it's incredible it's it's almost overwhelming um holding steady so when it comes to what categories retailers are going to plan to hold steady on candles and personal care top the list at 70 percent which makes sense um good consumable products for return visitors and followed by wellness at 69 percent which also Mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense Um, and 64% for greeting cards. So going back up to what um, being all about fashion, uh, I wanted to point out a couple of lines I saw at market that I really loved. One was a line from Pavilion called um, Crumble and Core. It's an English brand and they make these greeting cards, little like, I don't know, I'm really bad at measurements and math. That's why I went to journalism school. by three and a half maybe yeah that's um, yeah sounds right beautiful stationary like design on the front and then the earrings are placed just so like within the artwork not in okay. a standard like spot but within the artwork and there's diamond studs and then inside it's like a blank card so it combines like everything it's a giftable okay. it's earrings um you can send it in the mail so that was great um, Bright Blessings from Periwinkle by Barlow. They've expanded their selection. Great carded line, beautiful messages, beautiful displayer. Um, candles on the candle line. I've, I don't know why I've not seen these before, but have you all seen the b- 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 wax reveal candles from Pavilion? So if you burn them, I think it's just 10 minutes and all of a sudden a scene starts to appear. Oh, fun. And then, yeah, fun, right? And then yeah. after an hour, the scene is fully visible. So they've really expanded this concept across all kinds of different um, sentiments and giftables in their line. And I, it's so innovative. I think it's really, really cool. 
Um, and then on the purses and bag side, one line that always ranks high in gift feed is Chala. And they came out, I think it's the first time they've come out with food designs because normally they do like nature and um, animals and stuff like that. So they have donut and cupcake, which was super cute at market. Ooh, okay. So yeah, that's for procurement trends. Those are sort of the highlights. And so how are you seeing some of those things change maybe in over the last couple of years? I feel like fashion, mm. is there certain parts of the fashion line that are really growing or... Well, they didn't touch on apparel, which was interesting. So, because okay. we do track apparel and we do track uh, t-shirts. Um, so it's, they're talking about fashion accessories being, you know, hair accessories, hats, scarves, belts, shoes, um, purses and bags, earrings and jewelry. So it's gotcha. not apparel, okay. which is- Interesting. Yeah. Cause I mean, for a little bit, you know, the athleisure category was, you know, exploding, but that I, seems like that has, it, you- in your opinion, is that slow down? Is that still? I think, in fact, I'm going to touch on it later. Okay. Like, yeah, loungewear. We're going to at, be adding loungewear as a category because I think it's different than ath athleisure. Um, but I think loungewear is definitely, you know, here to stay for the gift industry. It's so funny because I can remember, you know, like 15 years ago when people were like apparel. No one's going to sell apparel in a gift store. What? That's <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, they were ahead of the market, way ahead of the vendors, you know, the vendors had to play catch up. And, you know, almost, uh, yeah, a lot of different stores selling a lot of different things now, you know, it's, you know, a, a gift store is not just, they, they are selling fashion, they are selling toys. There's, you know, there's a lot more that goes into, yes. you know, really all stores kind of selling all, so all categories. I gift is an antiquated term yes and that i embrace the term lifestyle retailer okay. yeah um because i think that's what a lot of independent retailers are they're they're lifestyle retailers they're selling a certain lifestyle um you know if they're doing it well if they're branding themselves well and they're um carrying all the products that sort of go with that brand then they are celebrating a lifestyle or an aesthetic or whatever so yeah you know, with the ones that are uh, going or decreasing that you've seen kind of the, the whole more home uh, home decor, do you know uh, any kind of reason behind that? What kind of kind of the underlying trend there that, um, I mean, I, people I, are kind of I, looking for that experience? It's or? a little cyclical. I see this all the time. So we'll have years where fashion will, they're saying they're going to buy less fashion and more home decor. It just seems to flip. And okay. maybe that's what, what like consumers are doing. They've kind of felt, you know, for whatever reason, filled up on fashion and apparel. And now they're looking to redecorate their homes because you're not, I, I have no idea. But. Yeah. Okay. I just, yeah, I didn't know if you knew of any kind of underlying reasoning for that. Um, you talked about some of the hotter categories that, that the stores should be stocking up for. Okay. Yeah. So this is kind of more like, um, not so much based on the procurement trends, but what I'm seeing in the industry. Yeah. And I think one of the things specifically, um, humor sells all the time. Mm. And if you don't have some type of humor in your store, you're really missing out. And I think especially heading into an election year, having plenty items on hand to provide some comic relief is going to be a very good thing. 
and and a way to just distract your customers from having those conversations perhaps you know yeah. um and so uh, but actually 28 percent of store owners are going to buy more human products in 2024 okay. yeah um a fabulous new line um stores should check out if they haven't already and if they read gift beat i'm sure they have because it's called drinks on me drinks on me yes. and yeah. it's uh, yeah it's a fifth a couple in their 50s that created this line and the humor is just crazy um i seen a comment we missed the top categories don't worry i have a pdf document that we're yep. going to share with everybody after and you will so. get a recording of this so you can go back and, and watch that yeah absolutely no problem yep. Lauren. so um so drinks on me they debuted at market like a year or so ago maybe 18 months ago and they were almost immediately on our charts for their coasters and yeah, yeah it does that doesn't happen very often i'm gonna say so you know you've got a really good line when you see it like squishmallows was like boom <laughs> yes um <clears throat> so they um but they've since expanded the line to include um napkins and i'm not sure if tea towels as well but and the last time we charted for humor and whimsy, um, which is another category, uh, they were the number one wow. supplier. Yeah, I know. So it's that was based on retail sales from this past October. But some of the, and I'm going to share these charts with you guys too in the PDF, but we, we can chat about some of the companies that are always on the humor and whimsy chart, Primitives by Kathy. Is is one. Uh, Blue Q is the only sock vendor that's ever on the humor whimsy chart. So I have okay. to think their socks are the funniest. Yeah. That's um indications. Yeah. I mean <laughs> um and um though yeah, those are kind of always the standards on that. Okay, another thing I want to talk about gourmet food. Gourmet food has taken the gift industry by storm in the past five years. That and drink mixes. Yes. Um, oh yes. But I can remember, you know, again, 10, 15, I've been editing magazines for this industry for 25 years. So time is, I started when I was 16. No. Um, <laughs> and I did start when I was very young. So I time, I kind of lose track of time, but I remember gourmet food always being this huge debate. And reason that I try, it doesn't work for me. There's so much hesitation around sampling. They didn't want to sample for fear of it contaminating soft goods like pillows right. and tablecloths and such, okay. or for fear of like health and safety rules, you know, that they weren't going to be following the local health and safety. But once they figured out that sampling was the key to gourmet food sales, then it just sells like snot. And um, uh, some fun lines going back to drink mixes, because we're going to start tracking this as a separate category just because it's it's blown up. But some of the fun ones I seen at market that I really loved that really spoke to me. Uh, one was Southern Spirit Home, a lovely mm -hmm. mom that has created this line. And they basically she told me once they all drop their kids off at school, they go and back and start making their cocktail mixes <laughs> in this little. And uh, it's just great packaging. Uh, great idea. And theirs is the idea where it's like, um, you know, a glass bottle with different dried items in it. Yes. And you would pour the alcohol and let it sit. Yeah, I saw, I saw them at market. It was really, they had a really yeah. great presence there. Yeah. Yes, they did. They did. And really sweet people. And the other line was D Marie. So D mm. apostrophe Marie. And they're all slush mixes that are so good, but they also sell the slushy machines. And I thought, you know, if that fits for your store, what a great, you know, um, experience for your customers that it's kind of always going and you can always be sampling and selling. 
Um, and I think, you know, um, adding new consumable lines, which excite customers and which keep them coming back in time and time again is, is the only way to maintain foot traffic, especially during slower periods, right? But priced right and sampled, gourmet food is also an impulse item. Mm, yes. So it's another really great way to increase your average sale. Um, so the last time we tracked this category was in spring and we pulled it as candy and gourmet food. Again, this is a category that I inherited. And as I looked at it, I realized it doesn't really make a lot Those of are, sense. Yeah, candy and gourmet food are not necessarily the same thing. No. Yeah. I think they probably were 15 years ago could, when yeah. retailers really weren't carrying a lot of it. So you could have kind gourmet of make, candy in, but yeah, there's yeah. 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 We're definitely going to separate it and then we're we're doing drink mixes and then we're going to be starting tracking coffee and coffee okay. related and yeah. tea and tea related. So, but my advice to retailers who on the call who haven't carried gourmet before, if you're looking for a line is most rep groups now have a gourmet line or two in the mix. So talk to your favorite rep and see what they have to offer and ask them what other stores are doing and how other retail accounts are sampling and demoing the items. I thought it was really fun at market. A lot of the gourmet food lines, the vessels they were using, what if they weren't selling them, they were providing retailers with the contact information on where to get them. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That they were going above and beyond. Um, a fun line that I came across was called Davis and Davis. Okay. Um, and they have pretzel and cracker seasoning. So you can just oh, wow. like a super easy way to like make mini pretzels and mini saltine crackers, like a little gourmet snack. Um, another category, especially because we're talking, you know, going into the winter sort of months that I want to talk about uh, socks, slippers and loungewear. So all the comfy things and comfort has been a category yes. that, yeah, that's been very big. So Tis the season to sell this, um, whether, you know, because customers today, not me, I wear really ratty stuff. So if anybody out there sells stuff, they can send it to me, but <laughs> they want to be comfortable and fashionable when they're at home, right? So we chart socks as a separate category. And the number one supplier is always world softest socks, which okay. aren't printer novelty, but crew socks. And all the styles are created by Cynthia Dowd. And recently, she, um, the company charted as the number one fashion accessories line too, oh. which, which they were really pleased about. Um, in the novelty sack, sock category, sorry, um, Blue Q, we mentioned before, Hot Socks, Primitive by Kathy, and Socksmith are, are you know, constant. Yeah. Over the years. And, uh, you know, others will come and go. And the area of comfy slippers, always snoozies. And um, opportunities has been ranking in the last few years for their Sherpa socks. Okay. Um, ENS is another line that charts, that charts frequently, but they mostly are only do pet socks, I think. And Barefoot Dreams is a newcomer to the charts in this area. Yeah. And yeah, the line is exquisite and it comes with a higher price tag. They were the fourth best selling sock line um, based on October 2023 sales. So it obviously has great sell. Okay. Yeah. So even that higher price point, it's not deterring. Um, yeah. And I yeah, saw them at market as well. That's, yeah, it seems like a really good, really good line. Yeah. And I think they're pretty choosy about where they pick it, put it to. So it's not going to be a line that you're going to have to worry about your competitor also having. Um, we, we, in, within this category, we do spa related, um, and DM always 
tops because okay. I think a lot of the items they offer like satin pillowcases, eye masks, very reasonable prices. Um, intellects for their or people know them as warmies for oh, their yeah. eye masks. Yep. Yeah, for their eye masks and their neck wraps. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm going to share. Oh, oh yeah. So the next thing I want to talk about is register area or impulse items. Oh, okay. Yeah. So while not necessarily a hot category, I think it's a super important category um, for retailers to be focusing on because so you can build a lot of margin there. You can, yeah, they're really important to that cat, the right near register. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't chart this frequently, but when we do, there's some suppliers who are, who are always on the list, like GANs for their pocket charms. If you haven't seen their assortment, it's insane. It's, I don't <laughs> even know how many they have, but it's a lot and they're adorable. They're all different shapes and they come with little sediments and stuff. Um, Silver Forest, their earrings always chart. They've been the top selling earring line among our reporting stores for as long as I can remember. Abdallah Candies is a line mm. that sells really well for independent retailers, um, Center Court for their affordable jewelry. Okay. E. Newton bracelets ranked in register area. Um, Fallow, F-A-H-L-O. I started hearing about these through the reporting stores a year or so ago, and I contacted the company and they said they weren't really interested in selling wholesale. They were concentrating more on direct to consumer. So they were being, they, she didn't want coverage in Giphy. And I was like, okay. Um, but now I see they were at market with some sort of stuffed animal that you track. Okay. Yeah. So but that, yeah. So getting, they're diving into wholesale. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I think and I had this conversation um, with a few brands and, you know, really the only way to maintain a brand is to also have that wholesale presence, that, that in-store presence, right? Like just trying to do it direct to consumer. I'm not going to mention company yeah. names. So yeah, it's, it hasn't been successful for the people that have tried to go to market that way. And if you're a vendor who's on the call, call listening and, and you're a new vendor too, I, you know, be choosy about what your channel distribution strategy is going to be. I walk the temps in Atlanta and I always ask, you know, who do you, who are you selling to? Who's your target customer? Because I don't want to put something in gift beat if it's going to be available at Walmart or Target or Amazon, right. or et cetera. Right. And um, they're like, we don't know whoever buys from us. And I'm like, okay should have a better have a, have a strategy <laughs> with that right and I, and I happen to be walking the market with the president of Nora Fleming I'm like this is the person you want to talk to about <laughs> strategy um channel strategy because right. this is a company that has only ever sold through independence you know and look at how phenomenally successful they are Absolutely, they yeah. do have direct to consumer but they've never done the target route they've never done the mass route they've never done a an off-price collection for somebody else. They've stayed true to the independents, and the independents stay true to that yep. to those brands. And, and the big yeah. boxes, yeah, it can be fantastic and lucrative, but it might be a one-time. And then, I mean, uh, you know, the independents going that channel, working with your independent retailers. I mean, there's, uh, I mean, it's loyalty. I there's see a lot of loyalty. vendors yeah. chase those big dollars all the time, and it's like almost like it's like a big ego thing for them. Oh, we got to. Right. A purchase with so-and-so okay well how much margin did you get on that right how much time are you going to spend servicing that account how many independent retailers did you tick off because you put that line off yeah. price somewhere those are all considerations that don't factor in like one of the um 
for those on the call not aware of the Gift and Home Trade Association, it also works with a credit, credit interchange group called GAIN, who specifically tracks receivables and stuff from gift uh, through the gift industry. And about two years ago, they indicated, even with the rise of Amazon and everything else, 80% of um, product moving through the market is through independent retail channels. It's incredible. Uh, that's, yeah. 80, that's, that has always stuck with yeah. me. And, um, and it's something that vendors should be cognizant of for sure. I see a lot Absolutely. of them, you know, wanting, wanting to do everything, you know? And it's like, just pick a lane. Yep. And, you know, I've, in, in my talking with retailers, I mean, there are those that are like, we've been loyal to them. We've helped them really get their foundation. And now I see them at a, you know, a big box. Um, and it's, I'm not going to buy from that anymore. They, if, no. if, if my customer can go to, you know, Target or Walmart or whatever and buy that, then what makes me special? Um, that yeah. really should be. As and a lot of brands, brands will be like, oh, well, but if we're in Target, we're building the brand awareness. Yeah. Okay. Did you talk to the independents before you came right, up with that right. line to make sure they were they felt the same way? I mean, uh, yeah, it's you know then you're kind of taking away what you know a unique find, and that's what's so great about going to independent retailers is is finding that unique product and something that you can't see everywhere, and really you know that discovery process as you're going throughout the store and in seeing these different things. So uh, yeah, but not it, only that, but how independent retailers like are so smart at merchandising, um, cross merchandising, storytelling. Um, but to your point about product, and that really is a good segue into our next thing that we wanted to talk about, which was trends and fave finds for markets. So yeah. I tried to do, to, per, for me personally, Atlanta is the best market because it has all the vendors there. Sure. And my time is limited because I've got a monthly publication and I have a quarterly publication for Canadian independent retailers. And I'm a solopreneur. I'm a small business owner, just like the independent retailers that I write for. So I have your same pain points. I'm my IT person. I do my own accounting. So I do Atlanta. Yeah. Um, if you have to choose one, go to where everybody yeah. is. Yeah. I, I would love, love to be to well. Vegas, okay? Yeah. But yeah, I love Vegas live music <laughs> and I can't drive myself away from the live music to attend the show. So I just, it's like, that's why I don't have a Sam's Club um, membership because I would just spend $400 on candy. So you just have to know but your at least it would come in one gigantic bag, right? You'd get all of that all at once. It would all be gone. It's just be so bad. Uh, but this past, so I normally do four days in Atlanta and I'm, I need to do six days now. And even then I'm not going to be able to cover all the showrooms, all the temps. I didn't even get ha anywhere close to what I wanted to see. And I mean, Atlanta was, I mean, it was busy, busy. It was so yeah. great seeing that yeah. it was like a pre COVID. It was like a 2019. Yeah. Um, it was amazing just seeing how many retailers were there, the buzzing in the hallways, so, so much fun. So hopefully our, our retailers got to experience a market, whether whether it's uh, Atlanta or Dallas, or if you're going to Vegas, um, the, the the really good energy at, at the shows. But I put that down too, because I've been, you know, going for, coming from for 25 years. It's not wasn't the retailers in attendance. The vendors came to market with new product. Good, yeah, everywhere. So we were doing. I was doing these fun little fave finds. If I found an item that I liked, I tagged it with this little oh, fun. fave find, and um, 
so sort of an indication to my readers that, hey, I checked this product out. I looked at the saleability. I talked to the person behind the line. I think this is a, you know, a good pick to look further. And then we did 10, um, I did post it 10 a day. So if you're not following my Instagram, um, hop on there and you can see what we selected. And I just picked so many fave finds. I, I was just so excited every day at market. I get there at nine o'clock. I close market out at like seven <laughs> o'clock. And um, it was just, it was insane. It was just so much fun. But I was really looking for, I like it, where before I've gone more like trend scouting. And so to me, that's a different market experience because your eyes are kind of more open and you're looking at things a lot broader. But sure. when you're looking at market for product that you're really, you know, zeroing and looking at products. So I wasn't really thinking about trend overall, because for my readers, it's more about product, like what right. specific product line. And so, but saying that, okay, um, cowboy, the cowboy theme, mm -hmm. cowboy boot silhouette, like this is going to be around for a long, long time to come. This trend is just starting and it's got, it's got legs. Um, and I think it's, there. you know, outside of Texas, outside of the South. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing it everywhere, whether it's because of Taylor Swift, <laughs> yeah. what have you. It's, but it's also popular West in the Plains territory. Um, and that's, but, it, it like I'm also kind of seeing a, it in New York. So, yeah, okay. you know. Yeah. So that, I mean, I, there's few, very few areas where that really doesn't or can't work. But yeah, if you're even seeing it in New York, Northeast, um, I mean, that's that's great. It's some kind of almost universal trend like that. Yeah, it's almost like, so we, I like, I think I didn't see any gnomes. They're fine. I, they're so cute, but they're they're done. But gnomes are, yes, they're they have their run. <laughs> but um, I've seen some adorable Christmas themed cowboy boots from games okay. like little ornaments that were so cute i love miniature things i get sucked in by miniature things all the time um patty wax had these adorable cowboy boot shaped match holders um yeah. so that was really fun but i'm seeing it across so many categories like from apparel drinkware stationery um jewelry so it's really everywhere i think sentiment is still so strong yep. you know whether it's in jewelry whether it's bereavement, um, Karen, C-A-R-E-N, mm -hmm. I thought was brilliant, you know, soap sponges, those yes. sponges infused with soap that have been selling so well. She came up with the idea to put sentiments on the outside of them so you could gift them like nurse, teacher, mom, friend. And I thought, oh, that's, you know, a really great idea. And then they also had really other ones that had high heels on them and different, you know, fun things like that. Um, stationery was a focus in a lot of the showrooms. I came across this incredible pen bar from So Darling from Mary Square. Um, I, I have a picture of it here, but this pen bar, okay, I think you can turn this thing like three times on your cash register. So it's the cutest little pen sets. You can color block them. They're two seventy five wholesale, so you can retail them for ninety and ninety nine yeah. minimum. So it's great margin. Um, and I think this like whole bar thing, like I'm like, oh, I actually want that whole bar on my desk. And then I go to another booth and they'd have like a hoop bar. And I'm like, I want that whole hoop bar too. <laughs> so I can't be the only one thinking this. So you might have customers that might be interested in buying the whole thing. That's right. Yeah. There, right. Yeah. Um, a couple of comments sure, but... that are coming in. Um, 
Let's see. Kim said that she loves seeing your tags at market, uh, which is awesome. Amber Marie, uh, I believe it was about the, the cute sayings with Karen. Um, and that they also wrote with uh, wrote the pens. Yeah. So some great items there. Yeah. Another line. I don't know if I'm saying this right. Danek or Danique, D-E-N-I-K. Okay. But th they just, they were like an honorable mention on our stationary chart. And then they they jumped right up onto the chart. So I went to check them out and I looked into their story and it's really interesting. They're an American company, but they work with artisans from all over the world. And it's really like easy entry points for artisans. So it's like, you know, you could be a youth basketball player or something like that and have some cool artwork and they'll oh, wow. work with you. Yeah. And they also give a lot of their proceeds uh, back to building schools. They've built seven schools so far, I think. Um, and a good give back cause market cause company. Um, yeah, to bring in. Very cool. Yeah, and another cool line. Um, you don't often see male artist-driven lines in the industry. It's there's a lot yeah. of female. Yeah. Um, so Taylor Palladino is a Texas artist, and he had this great calendar desk set. Not only was it beautiful idea, but it came in a box, and each month you could you could um, either send that to a friend because this is a beautiful illustration. But the feedback he was getting was that people were writing on the back of it their memories of that month and putting in the envelope, you know, maybe a ticket stub from a movie theater or mm, pictures yeah. they took. And then they put it back into the box and became a keepsake for the entire year. Uh, what a brilliant idea. That's really fun. Yeah. What a brilliant idea. Um, moving away from stationery and just going into like general lines, if you haven't already checked out the Darling Effect, mm. that is such a fun female-led company is totally on fire in terms of they know the patterns like the, at last market their pickleball collection was on fire like so they were one of the first to like design really great pickleball holders wow. um jewelry to match it and now they've they just come out with just great skews and great patterns and they tripled their footprint in atlanta this season the place was buzzing all day i just told you what a sucker i am for miniature items so they they have the, these miniature insulated drinking glasses that are okay. going like crazy and apparently she's going to come up with like mini espresso ones miniatures too. are cute people love those i mean yeah. <laughs> I and they also had they also had great add-ons for insulated drinkware and that was something that i didn't touch on i think like people are accessorizing their insulated drinkware with the wallet cases that go around them um but then they also had like these cute things you could put on the top to customize. And then they had these rubber bases that you could put on the bottom to customize your tumblers too, which was really cute. Um, Katie did is another line, um, a female designer. I'm going to kind of compare her to Darling Effect in, in terms of the breadth of categories that she carries, but she's more heavy into apparel. I think she really started like maybe with ball caps but she's really found her groove. She really gets what gift retailers want, what sells. She has great quilted puffer bags at market, which are really, really trendy. Great cell phone accessories. Um, saw so many, I don't know how, I, I'm gonna go really quick through the lessons, but I saw so many great artist-led collections at market, which are really yep. fun. And I think when you can talk to your customers and you actually have met the artist and you- yeah. You know, I think that's great. So happy by Rachel Walker Art. If you didn't check that out, check it out. It's a she has a risen from the ashes story, which is such an American comeback story. 
um, is her and her husband doing this line. The artwork is incredible. She's already signed on with Swig. Oh, wow. um, yeah, so it's, it's a lot of state theme collections. And DK Designs out of Georgia was another great, really different looking illustrations that I saw. I seen she's just signed on with some sororities okay. to do their artwork. Um, another one I saw was the Wanderers collection from One Brilliant Gifts. And they've kind of taken the spoof off the Starbucks mugs, which I collect. So in addition to miniatures, I collect a lot of stuff too. And uh, you just have to know the market. You have to yeah. experience it all. <laughs> but when you travel somewhere, it's just kind of fun to pick up a Starbucks mug with the illustrations on it. Does everyone oh, know what yeah. I'm talking yeah. about? So they came up with the same con the same concept, but they're like customizing it for for retailers. And you could do like so they'll send you uh, the, these are our ideas, and you're like, no, I want you to put in this building or this street or oh, this wow. fair or this whatever. And it's so good. And it's a husband, wife, and daughter team. I get local products like that. Everywhere I go, I try and pick up a sticker because my coffee mug area has oh, yeah. already been too big. Um, I had to purge some of that, but get a sticker, but local items, things like that, I think are, I've seen that really take off in, yeah. in retail, uh, retail and, stores. Um, stickers, we're going to start tracking that too. I think we're going to be right, tracking good. 100 categories by the time we're done. Um, but two fun men's gifts I want to point out because it's super hard to find good men's gifts. But Thousand Oak Barrel Co., which um, if you didn't go into the Dugan and Bliss showroom, you wouldn't have seen. And Dugan Bliss carries a lot of gourmet. Um, but there's this great paint can gift set. So like it's a paint can and you actually have to open it with like, a, you know, they give you a tool to open it. Don't ask me what tool. And you have like moonshine making kits and whiskey mm -hmm. making kits and this great stuff. And then the other thing I saw from Madman was these whiskey, you know, the whiskey cubes, but they've done them in shapes now and they have like bullets oh, and they okay. have um, footballs and they have uh, ba uh, baseballs and stuff. So I think those would be really, really good men's gifts as well. So let's leave some time for question and answer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, amazing. Thank you so much for providing that. I mean, there's so many things I picked up on. So I do not have the eye that you do, but I saw florals and bright colors kind of really everywhere. That seemed to be really, really popular. I, did, items. I must say, like, um, I have mad respect for my colleagues in the States, Lenise at Gifts and Deck yeah. and Carly at Gift Shop. And it, we come from different generations. So I like to say when the three of us get, get together, it's like a generational powerhouse because sure. we'll see different things, right? Because we're at different ages and stages of life, right? And um, uh, Lenise was saying, yeah, hydrangeas everywhere, florals Yeah, I saw everywhere. her article yeah, about hydrangeas. But yeah, I just, yeah, in my, uh, my, I just saw florals. Yeah, so probably yeah. Yeah, hydrangeas. And I, I think she had another florals about florals and... are a constant in this market, right. though. They're, yeah. you know... I just see them all yeah. the time, whether it's tabletop or like, especially Michelle Design Works, um, mm. you know, packaging, packaging so floral yeah, heavy absolutely. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we will open up to some questions. Um, you can toss them in the Q&A or put them in the chat. We'll, we can see them both. Um, quickly, as people are typing in, um, Erica, how can people find GiftBeat or oh, how yeah. can they subscribe to GiftBeat? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mention yeah. that. Um, so they can go to giftbeat.com and follow our socials from there. And if you want to um, subscribe, go right ahead. But if you're not quite sure what GiftBeat's all about, we have a free insights, and that's through a platform called Substack. And we send out posts every other day, and I try to, 
and there'll just be like one chart that we're, we're talking about and people can decide um, if they want to just subscribe for a month um, to see that chart or not subscribe at all and just get our free post or whatever. And the fun thing is if you subscribe for a year, you can gift three month, three one month free subscriptions to your friends. Oh, great. Good. So yeah. you could send that out to out to your friends, other retailers that, that yeah. don't know about GiftBeat. Um, Susan asked, is this being recorded? Yes, it is. Um, if you've been, um, everyone that's re that's registered will get a get a, a copy of the recording. So you'll get that later today. Um, questions out there. I mean, I think you gave so much information, um, but and I, you will be sending out the PDF of um, that has the, some of the data that you talked about today. Not everything. Some of the I scribbled sure. some last minute notes. So okay, if yeah. anybody, if any, I did, I do put my email on the end of the PDF. Perfect. So if anybody has a question, says you mentioned something, but I don't see it in the notes, just feel free to email me and I do my best to get back to everybody within 48 hours. Yeah. So, um, but if nobody has any questions, another line, we can, we could just chat before yeah, um, another thing comes up, but, um, or if, if you have questions for me, I'll stop talking. You can ask me. No, yeah, I mean, what, yeah, if you had some other uh, some other info that you wanted to share. Um, well, Junk Gypsy, I think, was a really fun line. I don't know if you're familiar with Junk Gypsy, but she had a show on. It. Did you see it? Oh, I saw them at the show, and I, I looked them up afterward. I was is okay. I was confused if they were the same that had the television yes. show and have their own. Okay, they're yeah. based out of Texas, right? Yep. So yes, they have okay. their own store, and she has her own store, and she was on HGTV. And she's come to market um, with the help of one of our industry's most well-known um, vendors, um, George Kasek, um, with the wholesale line. And so she's taken her style, which is so unique, and applied it across to a ton of different product categories and really great prices. So I thought that was really fun. Um, I don't know how many out there are familiar with the fancy pans that make tail like so you can put the casserole in it and make tailgating and picnicking really fun well they came up with like a brilliant like line extension that they should have thought of ages ago which was a picnic tote to carry these things around <laughs> easily in so that was a, that was a fun line extension that i saw that that i thought was better really late good. than never they, they yeah they exactly it. it's there now yeah yeah there is another line on the market um I can't remember what it's called, but a similar line. So if you don't have fancy pans, but you want, oh, until they went to Walmart, there they go. Okay, so there's another line. Go on Dugan Bliss website. And apparently this line was first to market. Um, and she actually has, a, she has, has a picnic tote as well. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I, email me too, if you don't know Dugan Bliss. But it'll be there. That line is on on their website. Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. Okay, good. So Amber Marie, yeah. if you're looking for a replacement there, um, yeah, find find another. Yeah. Um. Do 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 do. I go through everything? Yeah. When we were talking, I, I was at uh, Dallas and Atlanta. We uh, tried to do some interviews with retailers. Try to just see what was you know their 
big new things for them and a little bit different from the product side, but they were talking a lot about customer experiences, which goes, I think, into, into some of the things that you were talking about earlier, really making that experience, having the taste testings, um, but, you know, the social media walls, the, you know, really kind of creating that experience for, for the uh, customer to be able to come in yeah. and do something in your store. So, and I think it's, I think it's, um, we have an article coming up in our February issue about using scent in retail. And there was a really mm. great line at market in the Roadrunners uh, booth. I can't remember the name of it now. They're going to shoot me. And um, But she has created these diffusers so you can actually create your own custom set in your store and diffuse it. Like, Ooh, like hotels do, right? Isn't yeah. that a great idea? And so I think when it's about creating experience, it, you know, it starts with your branding. It starts, it starts outside of your store. It starts in your window. And then when they come in, the experience doesn't necessarily have to be that you've got, you know, topless dancers running around. Right. It's that your <laughs> store is playing great music and it smells great. And you've got beautiful displays and your your staff is engaging with customers. That in itself is an experience. You what feel welcomed just... in. You feel like you're you know, wanted to be there as opposed to someone kind of glaring at you as you walk in. Yeah, absolutely. Those That is definitely part of the experience. Yeah, and how how independent retailers display their goods is definitely part of the experience. It's not what you get when you enter a big box and you're a grid layout, or is that what it's called? No, that's not a grid layout, whatever that's called. Racetrack? I can't remember. Um, but uh, if you actually want to document on, on good store layouts, I have this great piece from a merchandiser who showed me a nine-square grid um, and you can basically put it over top of your space and it shows you where you should put your best selling categories, your least selling categories, your, and you kind of move it around depending on where your entry door is. It's so cool. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. be able to kind of divide that up. And if you kind of have your focal points throughout, they exactly. attract people to go through. Exactly. And... Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and it's all like scientific because we know they turn right when they enter, right. and so da, da, da. which is such a weird thing. And I've noticed myself more and more. I'm like, I want to go left, but it just you're naturally pulled to the right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wonder if left-handed people are the same. I don't know. Oh. I I don't know. I don't know why it is right. If it's because we read, and we read from right to left. I don't know. Maybe in Japan because they read left to right. They. If anyone knows, has data on that or experiences <laughs> any lefties, you know, let us know. But Erica, thank you so much for being on today. Uh, this was incredible learning what you see, what data is telling you about what's going on in the market, what retailers are buying. I loved hearing about your picks and things that you're seeing throughout, uh, throughout the market uh, and just different trends that you're noticing. So thank you so, so much for being on today. I know our retailers got a lot out of this, hopefully a lot of great brands that they can go look in uh, and really have some, some wonderful items to bring into their store. Well, thank you for having me. And I just want to say that um, I love this industry with my heart and my soul. And I'm, um, I do what I do um, because I just have such a love and respect for the industry. And I'm all about giving back. I'm all about lifting people up, just trying to help as many people as I can. I think that's the only way that we can live. And so if anybody ever needs anything, or feel free to email me at any time. And I'm more than happy to help. Well, thank you so much. I, you know, we really appreciate the work and effort that you put into helping out retailers and empowering them to make sure they're making good buying decisions, that they're, they can be as successful as possible. So thank you.
Erica, thank you so, so much for, for being a part of this today. Thank you all so much and take care, everybody. Thank you, Erica. Thank you. Bye. Thanks again to Erica Kirkland of GiftBeat. If you'd like to register for any other upcoming webinar, you can go to heartonmainstreet.org slash education. Our next webinar is going to be February 28th, and we're going to be joined by Kathy Donovan Wagner from Retail Mavens as she debunks the myth that more people through your door automatically translates to increased sales. You'll learn why focusing more on profit rather than more traffic is the solution that you've been looking for. I hope to see you all there, and I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. This episode was written, produced, researched, edited by me, Patrick Heiser, with a very special thanks to Erica Kirkland. Have a fantastic week, support your local businesses, and I will see you next time.